Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Welcome to the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon. Uh, we're going to talk some Texas handling BYU. Uh, the score looks great. There's a few problems we can look at, but it's a good win for Texas to advance to 7-1 in the season. 35-6 win for Texas. We'll get into that. Patrick's Big Fat Poll. We'll play some sound from Hook'em Up with him. Good observations from Mr. Rob Babers and Aaron Hogan. Talk a little NFL, get you ready for tonight's game, Raiders and Lions. It could matter. It could matter. We'll tell you why. And, of course, your text on the show. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. What do you guys want to talk about? Your takeaways from the game, uh, what you're happy about, what you're worried about. We will get into all of that. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, what we always say, uh, any of that, 512-447-3776 is the text line. Uh, and, of course, Spark spoke to the media today. We'll play some of that sound uh, talking about Texas. And uh, it's a win. It's a win at 35-6. to The defense came out and did exactly what they were supposed to do in this game. They created turnovers. They held BYU into situations that even when they were getting turnovers – they were able to, you know, stow them down and stop them and only allow them two field goals, not allow them to ever get in the end zone, not allow them to run a two-minute drill, not allow them to make it a game. The defense did their job, and when you can say that, yes, there was, you know, there was holds on some of the guys and they still fought through it, they did their job. Texas defense did their job. The offense did what it needed to do with a Malik Murphy, who is his first career start, he came in, you know, had a couple of hiccups in there, had a couple of young young quarterback mistakes, but you, you, they didn't end up hurting Texas too bad. So they're good learning experiences. So you're not too worried about that. Uh, you know, you, got, you were able to spread out who was running the ball, give Jonathan Brooks a little bit of rest going into what's going to be two really tough games, two or three really tough games in a row coming up for Texas to give him a little bit of rest. Only 16 carries, a couple catches there. But to give him a little bit, he still almost gets 100 yards in the game, has a good game there. You're able to kind of do what you need to do other than the glaring problem of Texas's season so far of red zone offense seems to still be a glaring problem. Other than that, everything seems to be going a little bit better for Texas. Here's Sark when he spoke to the media today talking about uh, his takeaways from the BYU game a day after being able to watch the film of it and and kind of absorb what he found in the BYU game a little bit more. Coming out of the BYU game, I think just to reiterate, um, you know, there was our versatility continues to kind of shine through, um, and I thought it, I thought it did again Saturday. You know, obviously defensively, 
anytime you can go into a game and you can get you know three three turnovers, uh, you can hold your opponent to two of thirteen on third down. Um, you get three red zone stops, uh, and then you limit explosive plays. It's usually a pretty good day, right? I, I don't need to watch the tape to think, man, that, that defense probably had a really good day. And that's exactly what it looked like when you turn the tape on, you watch our guys play. Uh, naturally, uh, there's, there's areas where I think we can improve, which, which we met on this morning about um, with, with the players to, for them to improve there. Um, you know, from a special teams perspective, you know, obviously a huge punt return by Xavier, but a great job by the other ten guys, right? I mean, everybody, everybody did a really nice job of creating the running lane um, and, and Xavier trusting his speed, getting vertical uh, to really set the tone for the game from a special teams perspective. Uh, and then from a coverage unit standpoint, you know, we've been so good all year at, at our ability to cover kickoffs and punts, um, and there were some that we did really, really well. We're knocking the returner down uh, inside the 15-yard line a couple times, but a little uncharacteristic that a couple got out. And so there's some things there that we definitely need to, uh, need to, need to clean up. And offensively, um, you know, I thought we, we found a way to create some explosive plays. Um, six of 11 on third down was, it was a real positive for us. Um, but we, we can't afford to, two turnovers you know, every week. And so uh, we've got we've to take care of the ball. Uh, and then two of five in the red zone uh, isn't is good enough. And so uh, especially when you're 0 for 3 on first and goal scenarios. And so to me, um, that's, that's, that's a byproduct of making sure that we're dialed in on the details of the game plan. Um, the execution of it all, the physicality that it, that is needed, um, and so we got to get back to it. Um, you know, because we had opportunities in that game for that game to really go a different direction in our favor. Um, we, we didn't capitalize, and so uh, we're going to need to perform better uh, in all three phases, most notably in some of those key areas offensively uh, to continue on the mission that we're on. And that's kind of the again there the continuing the mission that we're on, which he knows. And you know, when I had this discussion with a friend last night about, look, at the beginning of the season, we said that if they if they're a one loss team and win the Big Twelve championship, they're on they're on pace and they're they're doing good and that's a that's a successful season and they're very much on track to do that right now. However, when you go through the season and you see what your team is doing and you get that win against Alabama, you feel like your expectations may go up a little bit and you're kind of now in a holding pattern because you're waiting on some other teams to see what they do. And you can't change what anybody else does, but you want to be able to go out and put your resume out there as one of the best resumes available of all the teams. And a 35-6 to win is good because on paper it looks good and you're going to see it. However, if you score those two touchdowns, it's a 50-6 to game or 49-6 to game. And that helps you out a little bit more. And those are, And not only that, but then you also start to build some confidence in this red zone offense that you know you're going to need at points. You know that you know you're able to do this against a BYU team that just isn't isn't on your talent level right now. But you go to K State and K State has some really good players. They got some really good coaches. That one's going to be a tougher game. TCU is going to be a tougher game for Texas. Texas Tech is going to be coming at you with everything and trying to push you away and, and get all the they can push there. Iowa State's doing a little bit better this year. I don't know if they're at the talent level again, but they could be there. You have four games left that everybody's going to be coming at you. I think all four teams are better than BYU. Uh, it, you know, if healthy, we know Texas Tech has had some injuries too, so they may not be. But you know, they hate Texas more than than it, you know maybe even A and M right now. 
So if, they, if we have that, then we know that they're going to be coming after you. So you have to be able to fix these red zone issues. And Sark was talked about the red zone issues a couple of times. He was talked about uh, the the push of the offensive line. He was kind of asked, "Well, do you are you feel do you feel that your team is getting the push they need and the 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 power and the the physicality they need in the red zone? How are you getting your team to that point? Because they just don't seem to be getting it." where they're winning and pushing. And when you watch football on every Saturday and Sunday, you see teams be able to get three to four yards by offensive line push. And it's crazy that a Texas team that can open up all these holes and push everybody down the field and can do everything they want for the entire game, when they get into the red zone, that completely drops out for some reason. They're not able to get the penetration they need. Here's Sark talking about that red zone offensive push. Well, I'm, I'm, push, I'm pushing our guys hard. Um, like I said, you know, I think that that's my job as a coach. Uh, is to push our players to be the best that they can be individually and then to push the units on our team to, to be the best that they can be collectively. And um, I think there's a standard of offense that our guys have established here of the quality of play that, that we play with. There's a level of physicality that we play with. There's a level of speed that we play with. Um, and there's a level of intricacy to, to which we play with, with the shifts and the motions and those things. And so when, when, when we don't meet those expectations and we, when we don't play to that standard, okay, my job is A, to make sure that we're aware of that, and then B, how are we going to fix that? And sometimes you have to get their attention to do that. Um, and so that was this morning, very candidly. We, I think I got their attention. And we need a really good week of practice. We need a hard-nosed week of practice. We need great preparation. Um, so that we can go out and play really good football against a, against a really good team on Saturday. And you know that part of that, when he's talking about pushing his guys and putting them into situations, part of the reason he went for it on those fourth downs in the red zone wasn't just because he felt he'd get it. He was doing that because he wanted to give them some confidence going into K-State. He wanted to give them confidence going into the season. See, look, we can do that. I know it's BYU, but look, we can do it. We can go out there. We can make our. We can impose our will. We can do what we want to do in the red zone, and it backfired. It backfired because they end up not being able to score. And for me, when I watch those plays back from the red zone, it's part of what I think Sark needs to fix in his side because he's saying he's going in there and he's drilling into those guys more and more. But there was all those plays, and I don't know if it's a hundred percent execution was done improperly. But like one play, I can put to you: they go throw the ball. Uh, they'll pass the screen pass to JT Sanders on the out, and Jay Witt is out on the block on the wide receiver. And he's blocking the wide receiver. But the problem is the play takes too long to get going. And then when the play gets going, he throws JT Sanders to the outside of Jay Witt, where there's a very little slim area of space, and the defender is able to get past Jay Witt on that side. And Sark is relying on J- John, uh, Jordan Whittington, who's a really good blocker. To block a guy straight, straight back for three to four seconds, which is really hard to do when the guy's trying to get around you. Now, if he would have thrown that pass just slightly quicker, which it may be designed that way, and they didn't do it, it may be a you know, read or whatever it is, and Jay Witten then block him to the outside, and JT Sanders just comes right up and cuts right up, then it's a touchdown. Those little things of trying to make the plays a little bit easier and a little bit, you know, having a little bit bigger margin for error. I think so many of these plays have a very slim margin for error and somebody on the line or somebody, you know, running the play just doesn't quite get that block in and doesn't quite get the block where they need to be. And instead of 
having a block where you're directing somebody, you need them to literally pancake guys and push guys out, which is just hard to do. I, that's more of where my concern with this red zone offense has been. Sark talked about where he thought his red zone fails were for BYU and why those were not uh, kept. And here's Sark what his theory is on it. Um, so the, the first part is probably a variety of things. You know, you you, know, you game plan for stuff that, that you think you're going to get, and sometimes you get what you think you're going to get, and then that's when you want your execution to kick in, and, and we just haven't executed great. The second thing is you, you game plan for something you think you're going to get, and then you don't get that. And so now um, the auxiliary playmaking somewhat has to kick in and, and guys have to adjust and adapt on the fly. Um, and then the third is, you know, when you're down there is when do you run it, when do you throw it, and, and what personnel and all those types of things. So there's a, there's a multitude of things that come into play. Um, in the end, you know, I, the ball's got to cross the goal line, right? And and we just haven't done a good enough job, and so we got to continue to, to, you know, to kind of work at that and get that done. And so you keep going for it. You keep going for it. I mean, if he takes those two field goals, it's what forty-two or forty-one to six. So you get the you get a few more points on that win if you just take the field goal at some points. You may beat Oklahoma if you take the field goals. You know, if you just sometimes have to take the points, and he doesn't seem to want to be doing that right now, which is fine if you have a good record of going for it. That record keeps getting worse and worse, and you want to see him kind of be able to adapt to it. But he said, now when you see somebody keep going for it, you think that it's analytics. That's normally the new way is it's analytics that he's going for it. And I get he was trying to build uh, confidence and momentum going into the last four games of the season. I get that's what he was trying to do. It didn't work. It backfired. But he was able to keep calling that play. When he was asked about it, he was asked, does he look at analytics or does he look at the his gut feeling? Here's Sark. Um, it's more gut. You know, we have analytics. Um, I always find out kind of what the analytics says, but at the end of the day I go with um, – what I think is in the best interest of our team at that moment. You know, I, I jokingly say people have told me about the book and I said, yeah, we, we have a book too. But last time I checked, President Hartzell and CDC didn't hire the book. They hired Steve Sarkeesian to be the head coach. So I, I kind of trust my gut on a lot of that stuff. So he's trusting his gut and you hope it doesn't come back to bite you more than it already has. But he has got to figure out that red zone offense. However, the good news is that was pretty much the main negative takeaway you could have. The injuries were, of course, there. Uh, I don't think they didn't say any of the uh, defensive back injuries today were long-term injuries. It did not seem like most of those defensive back injuries where it was starting to get really thin. Uh, it does not seem that any of those are going to be long-term injuries. Catalan is still, of course, uh, week to week. Quinn is week to week. There's a few guys that are still injured, but uh, you're able to see with Texas – that there was a lot of positives. And Malik Murphy, we talked about him all last week. We'll probably talk about him a ton this week getting into the game. Malik Murphy looked like a good, a pretty good quarterback. He had this, you know, he had the interception, which is a learning experience. You just have to be more aware, you know, that's going to happen. As long as it doesn't continue to happen, that's okay. We saw the fumble where it's, you know, you'll learn and you'll you'll pick that one up and you'll, you know, you, you'll get better and you re, you'll realize what it is. You know, you, you understand that that was a mistake to try and get that ball out when the when the pass rush is there. You'll know when to tuck it. That's just being part of the game. Again, we talked about last week. 
that he probably hasn't played a competitive, you know, game like that in close to three years. You know, because he was hurt his senior year of high school because he was not playing his freshman year for Texas. He was hurt a lot there too. To be able to, it's been two to three years since he's really had a game like that where he's had to go out and, and perform. He's playing in front of, you know, 100,000 people out of DKR. It's a big adjustment to get out there. You're going to make a few mistakes. Didn't let them get in his way. He continued to play. We were talking about him, you know, hammering the ball downfield constantly and just constantly throwing the ball with all that power. He puts a lot more touch on the ball, maybe too much at points, but he does have a lot more touch than we thought he did, and that deep ball had a ton of touch, and that will only improve, in my opinion, as time goes on, where he starts to feel a little bit better, where he is figures out that range where it goes, you know, he has a 10, and then he can dial it back, and he's throwing it a 2 or 3, and then go, hey, man, no, when you're hitting that little screen pass, maybe, you know, we're playing against K-State or someone, they may be able to jump these, so get that back up to a 6 or a 7, and get there with a little bit of zip, and I think he'll continue to figure that out. Sark did talk about his touch because it was something we didn't see a ton of in the spring game. It was definitely something we didn't see of in any of his past attempts uh, so far in the season. Uh, when he was coming in, he was kind of just rocking the ball around. But we got to see a little bit more touch from him. Here's Sark on Malik's touch. No, I, I think that's one thing about Malik. He's a really natural passer of the football. Um, you know, even even the deep ball to AD for the touchdown. I mean, he he has a natural feel of putting air under a ball or or layering a ball. Um, so that that part's pretty natural to him. But yet, where you saw the arm talent, you know, the slant he throws to AD on the touchdown that that was a fastball. You know, and that that thing was coming. And so he definitely has the ability to change, you know, trajectories on the ball to change velocity on the ball and, and still remain accurate. And so a lot of that to me, you know, I think he learned really young and, and the passing of the football is very natural to him. And for Sark, that's going to be important to be able to hit those different points of passes. I think it's going to improve week to week for Malik. As long as he's in, you know, you still want to get Quinn Ewers back. Uh, I still value his opinion, especially when we start to talk about, you know, what's going to have to happen in those red zone offenses where I think you're just going to have to have a quarterback kind of make more decisions. You may want to have him in there. I, I think Malik's going to be continue to progress, though, but we will see next week when he goes up against a K-State defense that I think will be a little bit more prepared for him. I think they're going to know exactly what to go after, so he's going to have to improve. Now, I think he's going to have a great week of practice. I know Sark always says it, but I think he's going to come out and ready to go. I think he had a good enough week, Malik Murphy did, to feel confident going forward that he can come in and make this difference, that he was able to still get a 35-6 to win and one of the more decisive wins in the Texas season. Now, that is also because six points allowed makes it a lot easier, but he gets to 35, which is a pretty good number for Texas to get to. Malik Murphy gets all that, and it leads us to the Big Fat Poll of the Day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Text line is open, 512. 447-3776. Easy question today. What's your confidence level in Malik Murphy? I know I've got some people that are a thousand percent. Turn it up to eleven. Malik Murphy, he's clearly the guy. People that are not Quinn Ewers fans that are ready to, you know, why do why do we even have Quinn Ewers on the team? Go ahead and let him go to the NFL. That's how I got some people in my ear. I have other people that, you know, a little bit more worried because they, you know, he's playing a BYU team. That defense isn't great. 
and he still had two turnovers in that game. You know, he had 170 passing yards. A lot of this is not his fault. The, the turnovers are. But if we can say, you know, some people not as not as on that, that they think this may, you know, he may not be ready. Where is your confidence level? You can give it a rating. You can give it an A+. Plus, uh, you can give it a, you know, 20%, a 70%, 100%, whatever you want to say. What's your confidence level? How are you feeling about this this Malik Murphy? And, and then also go ahead and uh, put into your text uh, just your, your thoughts of the game, too. I've already seen some of them come in. We're going to get to those uh, when we come back from break. We'll come back and we'll get into some of your text uh, about how you're feeling about the game. 512-447-3776. We will be getting into that as well. And just, are you happy 6-35? to 35? Is this the game you want to see? Are you confident in this Texas team? You know, I it's a weird place. I You know, I had a good conversation with a friend last night about you know, realizing the expectations going into the season versus now that this is a team that we feel that is accomplished really what we wanted them to accomplish this season. You know, you, you want them to beat OU and you think you could have beat OU and that's kind of where, you know, some of the criticism lies is you feel that that's a game that got away or I feel that it's a game that got away. Other than that, this has been a pretty good team with some flaws they need to fix, they can continue to work on. But the team's doing pretty well. For a year three of a coach doing pretty well, what's your confidence level in Lee Murphy? What's your confidence level in the team? How are you feeling after a 35-6 to win of Texas over BYU? They're going in, playing Kansas State. It's a big noon kickoff. When we saw the 11 a.m. come out, you went, ah, crap. We're back to 11 a.m. games. But no, it's because Fox wants to highlight the game. Big noon uh, kickoff will be in town for, uh, for the game. So that is something to look forward to. Uh, it's going to be a rowdy environment against K-State. Texas is going to have to show up. But they're able to celebrate for a few more days to BYU, or we're able to celebrate. They they got to get back to work, but we can celebrate. 512-447-3776 is the text line. We'll come back. We'll get to uh, some of your text. We'll get to some hook em up sound and a lot more here on the Horn 1019 and until 60, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. <laughs> Back in the sports complex on the horn on a Monday afternoon. If you couldn't guess what the theme of the week is, it's Halloween this week. I know if you don't have kids, like I don't have kids, I pretty much was forgetting about it. We're busy here at the office, busy here uh, in the middle of sports season. The NBA just kicked off. I'm watching a lot of that. Kind of forgot that it was uh, that it was Halloween, and then I was at the store on Saturday night. Uh, you know, watching some games, grab some some snacks and some uh, some brews. Would head over to a friend's house. And uh, just walking through the aisles, and like every third aisle, you'd see someone in full costume, and was like, "Oh, that's right! This is the night everybody's celebrating Halloween." And uh, I was not, I was not too worried about it. Uh, I hope everybody had a safe, fun Saturday Halloween. I hope you're ready to do uh, Tuesday Halloween tomorrow night. Uh, we're gonna be playing Halloween music. You can send in your favorite Halloween songs as well. 
Send those in on the text line, 512-447-3776. If you got a good one, I might play it. I've got some that I have on my list that I play every single year. You know, a lot of rock and roll songs kind of have stuff to do about spooky stuff and uh, and evil stuff. So, you know, we'll play all that on the, on the Sports Complex. On the text line, 512-447-3776. Uh, we are asking you guys, uh, what's your confidence level in Malik uh, after one game? What's your takeaways from the game? How do you feel about Texas uh, beating BYU 35-6? to it is a, It's a good win. It could have been better, but you can't complain all the time about everything. So 35-6, to what do you guys think? 512-447-3776. Love you guys lighting up the text line for us right here. Right guy from New Mexico says, I was real pleased with the game, pleased with how Malik played, and real pleased with how much uh, more physical the defense seemed, especially in the secondary. And the confidence level in Murphy is sitting about a 6.5 to 7. I think he has all the tools. He's, uh, he's a great passer. He just needs that experience. I agree he needs experience uh, just to see some things. But this will be the progression we'll see next week. How quick of a learner is he? How, like, how long of a, an arc What's our what's our learning arc for Malik too? We won't know that until next week and maybe the week after. Uh, but that's another question we'll be have to find out that you won't know until you see his second game and his third game. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think my around seven is where I'm at my confidence with Malik Murphy right now. I feel I felt pretty good about him before, and you know I still feel good about him. The, and his confidence is not even as much as I would say it is more about K State really having some good coaches and some good players. Uh, as far as the physicality, they were. Uh, the team was much more physical, but it does help that BYU doesn't necessarily have the athletes that a lot of the other teams have been beating us with speed, and BYU didn't necessarily have the speed to to go at Texas the same way. So once you take away the speed, Texas is fast. If they're as fast as you, they're definitely going to be stronger than you, and uh, that did help Texas in that game. Uh, Sergeant Cake says, if Texas is on the one-yard line, why not do what the Eagles do, the tush-push? Even the NFL teams can't stop that. Some NFL teams can stop it. Some NFL teams it doesn't work for. I believe it's – but it's still like 70-something percent effective for teams other than the Eagles. Uh, so it is an effective play. There is issues with it because of the injury concern that a lot of coaches don't like doing it because of if you don't necessarily have a quarterback built like Jalen Hurts – then you may not want to stick them shoulder first into a you know a defensive line where people are jumping and running at their shoulders and can possibly knock them out of the game. That might be part of it. But also our defensive, our offensive line hasn't necessarily been moving defensive lines like that. They tried that in the Oklahoma game pretty much, uh, kind of doing something similar to it uh, with the Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat and getting them and just getting the two big guys and push in between of them. Uh, they've tried to do that. It hasn't necessarily worked. I, you know, you really you have to have the offensive line in the center to pull it off. And I don't know if Jake Majors coming off the injury was the guy to do it. Uh, but I also think it is. You know, post Colt McCoy, I don't know how much Texas fans really want to see a quarterback doing that sneak over and over again. Uh, we got two things. Sark must not trust Burt on these field goals. I think that's part of it. I think he believes that he needs touchdowns to beat field goals. And I don't understand why he switches to compact goal line offense. Where are the worthy whip routes? I look. I agree with you on that. I think you need more motion. I think you need more uh, moving guys around, different personnel packages. You need to change up what you're doing on the goal line. He continues to shrink his his offense, and it allows the defenders to kind of get further inside and not be able to make plays. I don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of it. I'm sure he has his reasons, but I do think the reason he doesn't kick those field goals yesterday or last week or Saturday, sorry, is because he's trying. He thought. These will be easy touchdowns, 
and then we'll build confidence. And once we have confidence, now I think we can commit the, and then we'll be able to pick these up against K State uh, next week, and and so on against TCU and and uh, against Texas Tech and against Iowa State. That's it. I think in his head, that's why he thought. Uh, he also is. I mean, I don't know if he is that confident in Bird either, but I think it's more about he really wants to uh, solidify those games. Uh, Blind Longhorn fan says 80 to 85% for how confident he is in Malik Murphy. Uh, and let's see. Execution seems to be a consistent pro- a constant problem. Sark sounds cocky. Sounds like you're giving Murphy credit for defense. All of our games are blowouts if the opponent scores six other than losing to our biggest rival. I'm not. I'm saying that Malik Murphy was a first-time starter. He had to go out there and score some points, and he did. Uh, the defense played really well. You get a special teams touchdown as well in there. Uh, I, I'm not giving Mike Murphy credit that he dominated BYU. I told you at the beginning of the show, this was a defensive win. However, so he could have screwed it up because he could have turned the ball over multiple times. In, in, in he, I mean, he did turn over multiple times. He could have kept turning the ball over. He could have kept getting you three and outs. There was a point where he, you might have seen Arch Manning. He stuck with him and in the second half. He played pretty good football. But that was the progression. Is you just He continued to have a little bit of struggles, and he kept getting better throughout the game. So uh, that's where I go with that. Uh, I do want to play you some sound from Hook'em Up. Rod Babers and Aaron Hogan talking about something they noticed in some different, a different personnel group that Sark hasn't really pulled out much this season. Here's Hook'em Up from this morning uh, with the guys talking about something they noticed in the Texas-BYU game. All right, just want to um, go over some things about the Texas-BYU matchup. Just say uh, just some of the other uh, – points that we did not get into in the first hour of the show. One thing that I really liked that Sark really, um, I think, deployed for the first time this season, I think he's used it last year, was the 31 personnel package. Remember, I said last week you're going to see more pony packages. I thought we were going to see 21. You did see 21. That's what I was referring to when I talked about the pony package. Pony package is essentially two tailbacks on the field. You know, 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end. But when they do it with two tailbacks like Sark likes to do, they call it pony package. Um, you know, so if you have a tra- as opposed to a traditional fullback. Uh, last season, remember, he broke out the pony package out of 31 personnel. That's three backs, right? Yes, and he did it versus Alabama. Remember, I don't think it was the first time he did it last season. We saw the diamond formation on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, and he broke it out, essentially. Yeah, that was that 31 personnel, and, yeah, he broke out the diamond formation. I thought it was a nice changeup for Sark. And in that diamond formation, he had C.J. Baxter, had Keelan Robinson, um, and uh, – um, uh, oh, Savion Red. Savion Red, yeah. Savion Red was the other back in there, which – there's got to be a counter. I can tell you right now, I know there's got to be a counter off of this where they motion Savion Red out to wide receiver, and then essentially you go from 31 to 21, and you have Savion Red out there at wide receiver, and you're hunting matchups, as Sark likes to do, which means you'll probably align because you'll be in a heavier set, right? They'll probably go to a heavier set when you go out there with your you know, what they call, I don't know exactly what he calls it, but 31 personnel, three backs. Anytime you go heavy personnel, defense is usually adjust by going 40 personnel. Um, I'll see, I'll get to go back to the film and see exactly what BYU did and how they lined up. But going forward, teams will probably see the three, three backs out there and they'll adjust. And when they do, they'll put their 40, which is 
three or four linebackers on the field, um, and that'll mean they only have four defensive backs. If that is the case, you might get Savion Red in a favorable matchup. And if you put Keelan Robinson out there, the way you've been using Keelan Robinson, that's another guy you can use in a favorable matchup just because of his speed. So I love that package. I love that Sark decides to deploy that. And by the way, this season, it actually has tracked just like last season your most explosive and your most efficient and most effective personnel grouping right now is probably your 21 and 31 sets. It's your pony packages like it was last year. But last year it made sense because of B. John and Rojo. This year it tracks just because, well, Jonathan Brooks is playing really well too. Um, but this year it tracks because teams don't expect it and they're not ready for it. And Sark does a great job of pivoting from uh, the heavy personnel to play action pass which they do really well out of 21 personnel. Matter of fact, that um, uh, that 31, they threw it once, and then they ran it once. So they ran it twice. But look out for that more. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Jaden Blue finds his way to crack that Get the long personnel. touchdown late. Yeah, because he works well in space. He's well, explosive like, on the edge. Can I also say that, uh, you know, in his final year, Keelan Robinson is really a – he's always been fast. He just seems like he has better balance this year, like lower – like his, his – your legs seem more powerful. He's running through tackles on short kick choice. returns. Yeah. Detroit is a great coach. And I, I, I'd love to see more Keelan Robinson uh, here in the last month of the year. Because, again, you know, Jonathan Brooks, it was frustrating for the Longhorns to see, you know, those, those four shots from the one-yard line, and Jonathan Brooks didn't get a touch in that series. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Brooks a really good player, uh, but they have, a, they have a bevy of running backs. And Keelan Robinson, every time he touches the ball, uh, is making guys miss. He's yeah. he's running through arm tackles this year. Because remember back when he first got here, it looked like he'd get tripped up too easy and yeah. little arm tackles would bring him down. He's mm-hmm. so fast. Well, now he's running through those tackles. I agree. I think he's a much better player. And now he's catching the ball downfield yeah. at times too. When well, he out of that court. diamond package, they handed it to him on that little sweep. And, oh. he man, he got upfield, ran yeah. through some linebackers. Good play. Really like number seven. And, uh, gosh, they've got a – Tashard Choice has a, has a nice room of running backs right now. Yeah, he does. And so I just threw that out there. I like that little package. That was something new that Sark decided to deploy. Um, also, uh, in this game, you know, I know the red zone is an issue. Right now, Texas, in touchdown percentage in the red zone, they're 120th in the country. And, yes, it is stupefying. I can't figure it out. Neither can Sark. Uh, it's a pretty obvious that Sark is struggling. He almost deal with a, a, a form of uh, play-calling block, like writer's block when he's down in the red zone. I don't think he – I think he right now he's just throwing a lot of different things out in the red zone to see what works, even uh, getting back to that fumble uh, by Malik Murphy, the play where they go into center. You brought up that. That was the play they ran against Oklahoma State and scored last season. He's even – you can tell not even going back to some of the – playing the hits, some things that worked before – and last season that didn't work, uh, it hadn't worked this year because I hadn't seen them really break out that concept this year. Well, um, so. well you kind of wonder uh, if, if Sark's thinking, okay, I had a young quarterback last year. This is what we put around him to really get him some easy yeah. throws, some easy work, and so let's go back to some of that stuff because we got a young quarterback. Yep, you're right, right about that. It's, it shows you that he's – He's at least trying different solutions to solve the problem. Nobody can figure out why Texas is bad in, in scoring touchdowns in the red zone. It, it, it's, it is right now, I think, the most mystifying thing that, about this team. Because they got so many weapons. The offensive line is so big and so monstrous. Even when they put extra big bodies out there, even when a veteran quarterback it wasn't working, I have no idea how to fix it. I'm actually going to go back. I'm doing it this week. I'm going to watch every red zone play. 
I got to now. I wasn't after U of H. I was like, ah, I'm not gonna worry about it. I think they might have, you know, they might have started it. to, yeah, they might have started to trend the other way with the red zone. But after their performance versus BYU, multiple goal line stands uh, against against BYU for, for BYU against Texas, and yeah, the turnovers now still in the red zone. Got to go back and study it. Texas right now, 120th, 48.8% oh. of the time they score a touchdown in the red zone. So bend but don't break defense is how you beat Texas too. We know that, right? There's a blueprint that's developing about how They're you They're going to gain Texas. yards. Just don't let them in the end zone. Just when they get in the end zone, that's when you bow your back. Which when is why I say at this point against a team like K-State, just kick your field goals. Take your points. You might be right, E. And you may not get the number total you want. And Sark may you know have to swallow the pride a little bit. But just – you know, three field goals, nine points. He, Better than not yeah. get any points. He deems it as a failure. You I, can tell. Oh, I know he does. You can tell he deems it as a, as a failure. And you know what? Because he said he's thinking just what you are. we got too many good players here. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, he's doing. And I we, drop good plays. Why aren't we scoring touchdowns? Yeah, exactly. That makes no sense. He's a great offensive mind. you got great players, and they still cannot score in the red zone. It is, like I said, we can't. I, I'm going to try my best, guys. I'm going to do a deep dive. I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to stay up a little bit late. I'm going to try to at least give some options. Um, I think the best solution, honestly, for me is the 6-0 line package. I've been saying this for a while. How about this? I'll give you a little quick stat. This is kind of, you know, one of the stats I found just trying to do some uh, some research, um, kind of superficial research on the red zone issues for Texas. So they've scored eight touchdowns in the last two games, right? Mm-hmm. Offense, eight, eight touchdowns on offense in the last two games. Four of them um, have been in that Big 12 package. Which, which is six O line. Which line. Malik Ogbo comes on the field and they and, have six O line. And three of them have been in the red zone. There you go. It it works. It's a mix because Sark can't figure out whether he wants to play bully ball in the red zone or whether he wants to be the innovative, creative genius in the red zone. He can't figure out which one. Some people say that's why he gets too cute. He gets too cute in the red zone. No, he's just trying to add some innovation and creativity and try to confuse offenses, uh, sorry, defenses in the red zone with a lot of his cheat codes. And sometimes people say, oh, he's using too many damn cheat codes, right? Why, why get cute when you can just run right at him and play bully ball and push him out of the way? Sark can't figure out which one he wants to be. That's the identity crisis he's dealing with when he gets down in the red zone. Do you want to be a team that plays bully ball? Well, you don't do it well. You, you, I mean, you can say you want to do that, but then Oklahoma and BYU would disagree. Right? Uh, and if you want to be down there and be innovative and creative, well, you can't turn the ball over in the red zone. Yeah, and then you just <laughs> on one of those plays, the left side of the line just got collapsed. Yeah. And, and you got to be physical. And then the, the red cat, they tried to use that. Now that's predictable. Probably need to hand off at some point the red cat. They do. Um, you know, to, to, to really throw a loop, just like we saw the Eagles do with the tush push. Yep. Uh, put something else out there. All right, good stuff right there in Rod's rant. The deep dive will be coming this week on the red zone issues. It's really, you know, I don't say nitpicky because this team, you know, when you have a backup quarterback in, your defense and your special teams have to step up and play big. They did. Yeah. Complimentary football in a big way for Texas. Even when Texas didn't get it in, the, the, the defense, you know, forced K-State and would let them get off the goal line and forced a short punt. And those are the kind of things you got to be able to do, even against, uh, against BYU, I should say, not K-State. Yeah. But uh, certainly you have to do that this week against a, an improving and rising Kansas State team. Good stuff there from Hook'em Up. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will get to more of your text. 512-447-3776. We are asking you, what is your confidence level in Malik Murphy? What are your takeaways from the game? How are you feeling about it? And uh, you know what? If you got the uh, Halloween songs, send those in too. But you guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. So keep sending in those texts. We'll keep talking about it. We're going to get to some NFL in the top of the hour as well. But if you want to talk more college football, keep sending in text. 512-447-3776. And we'll be right back on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and the hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. 
Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil sends the beast with wrath, because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. I left alone My mind was blank I needed time to think To get the memories from my mind What did I see? Can I believe That what I saw that night Was real and not just fantasy Just what I saw Back on the Sports Complex on the horn. Playing some Halloween music for you. Number of the Beast. Iron Maiden. One of the greats. If you ever get a chance to see Iron Maiden live and you haven't, go see Iron Maiden live. One of the best live shows you'll go see. Of just old school rock and roll. It's always a good show. Uh, get into the text line. 512-447-3776. Text line is open. Ask you guys what your confidence level in Malik Murphy is going into a another uh, big game against Kansas State. What's your confidence level looking at there? How you feeling about the game? What you're looking at? Uh, we get uh, CBA Scott says, Malik led well. Biggest thing for me was how he responds after the interception. I'm confident that we will have the playmakers around him. Texas by 10 is what you're saying for Con. You're already picking K-State game. I like that, CBA Scott. Uh, hear me out. An 11-play drive. Uh, tush push every play. Malik could average seven yards a play with his size. He's not actually a mobile quarterback so much. He's actually more of a pocket throwing quarterback. And again, you don't want to use the tush push too much because that tush push does result in shoulder injuries a lot for quarterbacks. And we know Jalen Hurts has not actually been super healthy all season long, and uh, it's kind of catching up to him. So maybe, but that's the best team to do the tush push. Uh, I don't know if Texas it would pull off for them either. Uh, we have Murphy all day. Uh, we say, love the team, love the win. Personally, think Malik Murphy might be a better passer and better deep balls, better at deep balls. That being said, there seems to be a real toughness issue. We can get, uh, we can just put beef on the line and overpower people. And Murphy all day, you were a fine quarterback, but I believe we're a different team. We have a threat of a completed deep ball. And I think Quinn Ewers can throw deep balls. He doesn't always throw them great, uh, but I do believe in his ability to throw them as he gets better. He did hit some of them. Uh, when they're running the plays, he just doesn't always he doesn't like to make the read, and he's very worried about the interceptions. We'll see against K State if Malik, if Malik Murphy can stay away from those interceptions, or if he just doesn't make the throw and sits in the pocket. You have the speed over BYU, so you're able to make some of those deep throws a little bit easier. Uh, we get a Malik is tush push. Malik is swoops without the running ability. I don't know about that one. I think he's a better passer than swoops was, uh, but. You know, I'm not. I'm, Swoops didn't throw the ball a ton, but I'm going to say that he's probably a better passer with what we've seen from him in a, a short amount of time. Uh, West Ex Andy says, "Is the b-ball game for St. Edwards on television tonight?" I do not believe so. I do not believe so. We will be carrying the Rangers game. We're giving up to the Rangers at 6:30, so you can check out the the Rangers game right here on the Horn uh, if you want to get World Series Game Three. Uh, but as far as the b-ball game, I do not believe because it's a scrimmage. I do not believe it's on TV. Uh, I'll check. I'll tell you what. I'll check in the break. I'll see if I can find out if it is or not and give you an answer. Uh, Coach Rodney from Rosebud Lot says, just got a score in the red zone, and Malik scooped me, spooked me a little bit. He's going to be all right, though, and you give him about a 7-ish. Yeah, about 7. That's what I'm saying. It's about a 7. 
because he did everything good, but we just it's a it's a small sample size because BYU did not seem like they were ready to play. Uh, I do like somebody saying, "You can't just send me the monster mash. Come on, just send me a a link to the monster mash." I know what that you you can just send me the monster mash if you want to send that. Send me a link. I can't click your link. I'm gonna bug the whole system. We're gonna be shut down and into the horn because somebody sent me a link to a fake monster mash. Come on, texters, you know better than that. <laughs> I do appreciate it. You can send in your Halloween sucks though. Uh, Nate says, uh, "PD, I was just happy to see us not struggle against an inferior opponent, aka Houston or Rice. Uh, the Eagles uh, did the Eagles show the tush push sweep just to distract the Cowboys, or did uh, they really need to use it? Uh, look, the tush push, as great as it is." Doesn't always work. There's certain teams who can pull it off. I'm not sure Texas is that team this year. And again, after Colt McCoy, I'm not a huge fan of jamming our quarterbacks into situations where they're going to have shoulders. We can tell you it'll definitely not happen to Quinn after his shoulder injury. He's not going to be doing that. Blake Murphy, I don't know if he wants to be that. He might be able to. He's a big guy. So you'd think he'd be able to do it, but I'm not sure. I know everybody wants it to get those couple yards. But I think we, I, with all the weapons Texas has, it should just be easy to get it out there. I get... If the tush push works, but it's a dangerous play and it doesn't always work. I'm not as much of a proponent for everybody using it. For the Eagles, of course use it. You've got it, you've got it perfected. You have a Hall of Fame center going for it. That's a huge part of it. Uh, we get Texas says, I'm glad Malik's first start was against BYU. This is a weaker team. Obviously, I'd rather have Quinn. He started a season for a reason. He's the best right now. Let's look at one game back. We beat Houston 31-24, to and we saw issues. Kansas State just beat Houston 41 to nothing. Texas better be at a different level this game, including Malik. We have to win this game. No excuses. Again, I will always tell you, matchups, I think they're fun to look at and go, this team did this to them, and that it doesn't necessarily work out that way. That's, you know, matchups are different. Coaching matchups are different. How people are playing against it. It is not just the best players against the best players, and that's how it works. So, yes, uh, Texas with our K State was able to handle Houston because Houston was kind of on a hangover of being able to hang with T- with Texas and they shouldn't have been able to hang with Texas. They just shouldn't have been able to. Uh, let's get to another text. Kevin from Elgin. Did Baxter uh, did Baxter start at running back? Uh, did the beginning of the season he did? He did not this week. Uh, Jonathan Brooks is the starting running back. He just didn't play a ton. I think they wanted to give him a little bit of rest and to try some other guys out. They're trying to get some other guys. Sark really wants to get some other guys in the game plan. I think with Blue, you want to see what he can do. Maybe in the red zone. See if he can get out there. He's pretty shifty. I, I, Aaron mentioned it on the clip we played. I'd love to see Keelan Robinson get a few more reps. I know I like Jonathan Brooks is killing it. But, you know, I, I think there's a great time and place for Jonathan Brooks. And then I think there's time where you can stick in some other guys. I'm happy with the personnel package of, you know, last year because you had Roshan and Bijan, you had to rotate players and get two, uh, two running back sets. I think you might try and do that some more. We knowing that you have a guy in Jonathan Brooks, but add in a factor back of a blue or you know, even a Baxter or a Keelan Robinson. Add in a factor back. I like that. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll get into some more of your texts because we're gonna try and get to everybody's text here. 512-447-3776. Keep sending them in. What is your comfort level with Malik Murphy? How are you feeling after the game against BYU? Are you ready for K-State? How are you feeling? Uh any concerns? If you've got solutions, if you've got a hot take. Uh, or if you got any NFL talks, any trades you'd like to see, we'll get into a little bit of trade talks as the trade deadline is tomorrow. Uh, if you have any trades that you're hoping to see for the Cowboys, the Texans, or anybody else, 
Uh, send that in, 512-447-3776. And a little preview of tonight's game. We're off at 630 to give you up for the Rangers for pregame for World Series Game 3. But we will be right back for Hour 2 of the Sports Complex coming up right here on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.